0: The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 390. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back in the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page, where you can watch this podcast. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage com. This b r i o n While Why are there? Give me an email address, I will give you a free ebook Forgotten Founders and a free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mcclanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. You get a free class when you do enroll, 10 myths of American history, and of course you get the best deals on new and forthcoming courses. You get great coupons. I have continued my Black Friday Cyber Week sale all the way till Christmas Eve. So, if you didn't get those those deals during that time period, about a month ago now, you can still get them right now up until Christmas Eve. So, go on over to McClanahan enroll, get the free class, and look for the emails with the coupon codes in them. I also have sent them out to my email list. So if you give me an email and you get that free ebook, you're also getting those as well. So, a lot of great ways to save right now, on McClanahan Academy. All of those classes make a great last-minute Christmas gift, and you get a lifetime enrollment, any class you purchase. So if you purchase my American Constitutions course, well, that's awesome because you get it for life. So you can download it. You can listen to it over and over again, watch it over and over again. You get all the lecture notes, suggested reading. You get everything lifetime. So all the classes have that. If you're a homeschooler, you've got great U.S. history courses there. Uh, There's just so much stuff at McLean Academy and more coming next year. I'm already working on next year's material, so you're not going to be disappointed. My newest series, Southern Cultural Intellectual History, is just awesome. Uh, You've got 100 primary documents dealing with the South and Southern Cultural Intellectual History, so a lot of great stuff. You can also get your Brian McClanahan Show logo and all kinds of cool stuff by clicking on that shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Those make great Christmas gifts. You can get one of my books. Uh, Southern Scribblings is my newest. It is out, uh, so you can get that. Barnes & Noble actually carries that now, so if you want to go to Barnes & Noble instead of Amazon and get it, you can get it there. So a lot of great ways to get that Brian McClanahan Show fan and item of mine. Click on that support tab. You can throw a few pennies my way. You can get a book plate. All kinds of cool ways to support the show, and I do appreciate it. Of course, share it around on social media, rate it wherever you get your podcasts, let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally, and that's exactly what we're going to do today. This is the last episode for 2020. We're going to wrap up the year. It's been a strange year, of course, a very odd year for a lot of people. A lot of people are hurting, a lot of people have, have really prospered during this year, so it's been a really weird year. Uh, But of course, we are looking at more shutdowns, more pain, small businesses. I I talked about that in in an episode here recently. A friend of mine, back in uh, in where I grew up, has got these great signs. Uh, Small businesses are essential. He's a graphic artist and also an artist, and he's a great artist, but he does some of this other stuff on the side. Uh, But uh, you can go to abraxisart.com and check out his regular material, and you can also go to daggerandquill.com and get his signs and stickers and all kinds of stuff to support that initiative to get people supporting local small businesses uh, during this shutdown period. Because, I mean, that's that's thinking locally and acting locally. He's doing it. He's out there working hard trying to get uh, people to support these small businesses in his community. But I want to talk about uh, kind of an uplifting couple of stories here. And the impact of this particular show on people and what they're doing. I was on uh, with another uh, group this past week, and I was doing a little educational stuff with a with a website entitled Constituting America. And they're a generally uh, conservative group who focuses on the Constitution, and they asked me to come on and talk about the Bill of Rights. They do a lot of homeschooling efforts and things like that, so I was happy to do that. And they wanted me to wrap up that series, it was Bill of Rights Day on Tuesday, December 15th, with a discussion of James Madison and the initial proposal for the Bill of Rights. And they really wanted me to talk about a couple of the amendments that didn't make it at first. One is still outstanding. It's the original First Amendment. And I find this amendment extremely interesting. In fact, it applies to this show and everything I talk about doing here. Because the original First Amendment was an apportionment amendment. If you look at the original Constitution, it has a representative ratio of 1 to 30,000. For every 30,000 people, you have one representative in the House of Representatives. The original Constitution, before George Washington made an objection to this, was 40,000 to 1. So Madison wanted to ensure that the representative ratio never was too far out of whack. Because, you see, these members of the founding generation thought in order for a good representative government to exist... You had to have thirty thousand to one. And that was even for general purposes. In fact, in Massachusetts, there was a lot of objections to this because that was thought to be too high. Thirty thousand to one was thought to be and in biannual elections, you know, every two years. You uh you, you can't you can't have good representative government if you got that kind of ratio in elections every two years. So it was sold to them that well, you don't need to have annual elections and you don't need a smaller representative ratio because the Congress is there for general purposes only. Meaning that these people that go to Washington, DC don't need to know what's going on or don't need to be in tune with the local so much. They're worried about international commerce, they're worried about uh, you know, tariffs or lack of tariffs. They're worried about free trade zones. They're worried about defense. In fact, the most important people were still going to be your state legislators because these state legislatures full of your state legislators were going to handle all the internal problems of the state. So when you look at someone like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and all the noise she makes about leaking subway systems in New York City, that's not the job of a member of the House of Representatives in the original Constitution, that would be the job of the mayor of New York and the legislators, the city council for New York, and they do a bad job. You've got De Blasio standing up saying they're essentially going to enforce communism in the state of, in the city of New York. I mean, this is where we've gotten to in 2020. We've got extreme lockdowns. We've got communism being forced on people. This is what's going to happen because these areas are now drunk with power because they've been able to get for, to force people to comply with all the lockdowns and everything else. So you've got Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez running around saying things that a member of the House shouldn't be talking about. She should be talking about what kind of policies do we have, trade policies with foreign powers. What about our foreign policy with other countries when it comes to uh, our military intervention? imperialism, I mean, these are things the House should be looking at, not what's going on in New York City or what's going on in Los Angeles or what's going on in Atlanta. We've nationalized everything, and that's dangerous because that's not the way the Constitution was sold to the states. And so James Madison's original First Amendment would have allowed for 30,000 to 1, then 40,000 to 1 if you got to a certain point, and then 50,000 to 1. So he would have kept the ratio still smaller. Right now our ratio is about 735,000 to 1. So you have to ask yourself, what would the founding generation say about representative government in America today? How would they view it? You had about 4 million people in the United States, the entire United States, when the Constitution was ratified. First census, 1790, you had about 4 million people. That's the size of Alabama in terms of population. In Alabama, we have a 30,000 to 1 ratio for representative government. And, uh, I mean, that's, that would be general government. So they would even look at that as saying, well, that becomes a general government then, to do general things, but the minutia, the everyday things that you need to worry about need to be handled by your county government, your local government. And most people don't realize this. When I brought this up with, for these young people, they had never heard this before. That's because we're always trained to focus on the Bill of Rights, the U.S. Constitution. This is the only thing we have. i got to carry my pocket Constitution around. Here we go. Where does it say? We miss the most important level of government in America, and that is your local government. It's your county government. It's your city government. And then your state government. We also miss, of course, the importance of family. We've We've just destroyed the nuclear family in America in so many ways. We've destroyed it. And it's not easy. I mean, of course, any of this is is uh, it's hard, all these things. But that's an important thing. You talk about COVID-19 and protecting yourself. I mean, your first job is to protect the, the family, the people around you, and make sure they're safe. And I, I say this with flu or anything else. Even in, when I teach my traditional students, I tell them, look, you know, if you're sick, stay home. Don't come into school. If you're sick, stay away from people. This is with flu, cold, anything. Nobody wants your viruses. Nobody wants your bacterial infections. Nobody wants these things, so keep them to yourself, and that way you'd prevent a lot of illness in, uh, in America, and there's no doubt about it. Any of these viruses, cold, uh, I'm sorry, a flu can be disastrous. Uh, you know, people can die young ages from flu. Same thing with uh, you know c- COVID-19, so these are things you should take precautions for, the problem is we have no personal responsibility in the United States anymore. People have to be told to do things or the state believes they have to tell you to do things and shut everything down because they don't think people will do things. But on the other hand, when it comes time to say, you know what? I'm not going to allow you to do these unconstitutional things. People just comply most of the time. So uh, it, it's it we live in a very strange situation in America today. And, I mean, this is... This is where thinking locally and acting locally matters. Because when you look at the founding generation, and I brought this up too, you look at how they resisted unconstitutional acts by Parliament. They just nullified it. In fact, the great book, The Stamp Act Crisis by Edmund Morgan, has an entire chapter titled Nullification. This is 1765 we're talking about, not 1832, not 1798. Not the 1950s. This is 1765. This is the founding generation nullifying the Stamp Act because they just would not enforce it. You see, so these local communities, you could have a mask mandate from the state. The business could refuse to comply. They could say you don't have to wear a mask in here. You don't have to do any of that stuff. And people are doing it. You see businesses refusing to comply. And, of course, they're winning in a lot of cases. They're winning. You might have a malcontent sue. This is the problem because we have a sue-happy society. Then, of course, you're going to go out and you have to defend yourself and litigate and cost cost money. I mean, there is a cost-benefit analysis in all of these things. This is where my friend, of course, is. You know he, he says in his story, you don't have to wear a mask. You want to wear a mask, wear a mask. You don't want to wear a mask, I'm not going to force you. And at the end of the day, why do we rely on the checkout, the cashier at your local supermarket to ensure that people are wearing masks? This is a personal decision. If you think wearing a mask protects you, wear a mask. And, I mean, it's it's something that, or wearing gloves or doing anything you want to do to try to protect yourself, getting vaccinated, whatever it is. you you want You want to protect yourself, so you do the things that protect you. That's personal responsibility. That's thinking locally and acting locally. And, of course, in your own community, if you think that is good, it's going to keep your community safe to do these things, and community standards exist. But that representative ratio shows that America is just way out of whack when it comes to representative government, and you have better representative ratio in your state legislators. In fact, it was brought up. You know, Somebody said, well, look, uh, what about California? California's got a horrible representative ratio at the state level. It's, it's almost 300,000 to one. I mean, that's horrible. You can't have good representative government in that state. That state needs to be divided up then. Whereas a place like New Hampshire, it's like 2,000 to one for your representative government. I mean, that is real representative government at the state level. So you've got, you're have got you going to know your legislator. You're going to know the people that represent you and the state. You know, you're going to know your city councilman. You're going to know your mayor. You're going to know these things. If you get active in government, my advice to you is to get active at those levels because that's where you're going to have your greatest impact. We can complain about federal taxes. We complain about military interventionism. We can do all of that. And those are good things. I mean, we should still be trying to hold these people in Washington accountable to the original Constitution. On the other hand, though, the things that affect you every day, your police, your fire, your trash, your water, your sewer. All of those things, your zoning ordinances, all of that stuff comes from your city. All of that comes from the city or the county. And so you need to be looking at that. And, how, and there was a question posed. Well, how do you oppose this if these if the, if the cities and counties are corporate entities of the state, which they are, how do you oppose it? Well, those areas then refuse to enforce things. You have jury nullification. You have other things. Of course, you elect people who are going to resist what the state does. I find it high. I mean, I, I, my, my response to that was, look, the state can't abolish these things if they want to because they're corporate entities of the state. But you know what? It doesn't typically happen. The state's not going to do it. They don't want to manage a major city. They don't want to do it. They could threaten, but they don't really want to do it. So I want to, I want to talk about a couple of emails in this 2020 and some of the things, that, again, a positive thing going into 2021. We've had a, a very difficult election cycle. A lot of people are still riled up about this. We'll see how all this shakes out. Uh, a couple of Republicans are making noise that they're going to co- contest the Electoral College returns. It's not going to go anywhere in the House. It could go somewhere in the Senate, but not with Mitch McConnell coming out and saying they're going to essentially accept Joe Biden. And the reason he's doing this is because he thinks that the conspiracies are crushing people like David Perdue and Kelly Loeffner in Georgia and that we've got a serious situation where McConnell may not even be in the majority anymore come 2021. I mean, that could be a real situation. If that happens... Well, you're really going to be wanting to think and local, thinking locally and acting locally at that point because uh, the entire United States government is going to be in the hands of people that are going to try to impose top-down, centralized control in a lot of ways and part of the culture war and everything else. This is going to get nasty in that way. So you're going to want to have this buffer. It's why I've been saying it the entire Trump administration. You cannot rely on Washington, D.C. to do this for you. You've got to do it at home. So we've got uh, you know, a potential contested electoral college. We've got several states sending two sets of electors. I mean, it's happening. This is exactly what I said. If Republicans had guts, this is what they would do. But the Republicans in the Senate don't have guts. Mike Pence, if Mike Pence had guts, he could simply throw out the Joe Biden electors and say these are the legitimate electors and... Donald Trump wins the election. He could do that. He could do it. And there would be nothing that the Congress could do to stop it. So if Republicans had guts, this is what they would do. But on the other hand, you shouldn't be worrying about that so much. You should be paying attention to the local. And I want to read a couple of emails that have been sent to me in the past few days. And I'm going to take out where these people are and just talk about uh, what they're doing. This is an email saying uh, I live in, in Texas. I'll just say live in Texas. We are a community of salty pirate type folk who are committed to staying this way. In July, our county officials tried to pass a certificate of obligation bond for seventeen million to build a new courthouse. It would have increased our debt by one hundred and thirty three percent. We ran a petition drive to get it on the ballot. Our group informed a pack. A group formed a pack and helped defeat it at the polls. However, after the election, the commissioner. Court had has gone ahead and passed it anyways using seven-year tax notes. Our group has filed a lawsuit pro se, pro se and are now fighting it in court. This is one of two lawsuits we're fighting pro se. Through hard work both during campaign season and working to convince already elected leaders, we have managed to get control of our local port authority and school board. After the first of the year, we'll be adding another ally to the county, to the county commissioner's court to make it two to three them. However, we hope to take the county judge position in 2022, annulling the citizens' voice, On the list, election has been devastating for our current county judge. Likewise, we hope to have 3-2 to advantage in our only incorporated city come 2022 and have control of the mayor's seat. To combat local media, we've created our own Facebook groups. We've started podcasts and YouTube channels and online newspapers. All have been successful. The great thing, we, fighting this good fight, are all distinct individuals who found each other because we hold liberty dear. We support each other when we can and come together when tasks need completing. We have formed a uh, a group. He gave me the list, and I'm not going to say it. Keep it up with what you're doing. Thinking locally and acting locally works. We need intellectual leaders pointing the way while us grunts fight it out in our local communities. I'm doing my best to make my county as close to a free and independent state as I can. Thanks for the inspiration. This is a beautiful email, because here's a person that went out and did exactly what I suggested they do. Get involved where you are, because if you can do that, You are going to make an impact. Right now, they're still losing, but they're going to try to swing it. And how do you do it? You get out there and you pound the pavement. One of the things that people don't realize about Georgia, and I think this is what happened in Georgia, people like Stacey Abrams, of course, the Republicans in Georgia are scared of their own shadow, but not just that. People like Stacey Abrams got out and through some crooked methods, I'm sure, were used at times, but they out-pounded the pavement on some of these Republicans. They got people to vote that Normally wouldn't vote. Maybe they paid for it. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. Who knows what they did. But they got people to vote that normally wouldn't vote. And they out-hustled the other side. This is where Cortez, you know, Ocasio-Cortez, her shoes are now what in the, uh, I think, the M- Museum of American History or something like that. They have holes in them because she out-hustled her opponent who was an established Democrat in her district. She just went around, knocked on doors and said, look, here's what we're going to do. that You should vote for me. She out-hustled that guy. He had a lot more money, but she out-hustled him. And that's what's important. Out-hustling people. These people in this, in this Texas county are out-hustling the other side. Look, George Soros knows this. He's been pumping money into local elections now for a couple of years because he sees that as the way. I mean, look at Virginia. Virginia is going, it's blue now. It's not even a purple state anymore because of the influence of Richmond and everything else and because of Northern Virginia. And he's pumping money into these areas, these school boards. We're gonna change Thomas Jefferson. We're gonna change George Mason. We're gonna get rid of Robert E. Lee. We're gonna do everything that's traditionally American because we can, because our side is getting out hustled. So you gotta get out there and you gotta to try to work and you gotta find people that'll do it. And you gotta go door to door and you gotta get people involved and use use social media, use Facebook groups and podcasts and and online newspapers. Get people seeing these things because that does persuade people. They do look at these things, and you'd be surprised how many people are persuaded by this stuff. Maybe they're sitting on the fence. Maybe they don't know, and they're just going to say, hey, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm not for that. Maybe they're just not that politically involved, but, you know, they don't want to have— they're, they're not happy about Thomas Jefferson being taken off of a high school. In that particular case, this is, I mean, this is exactly what you're looking at here in this Texas county. You have uh, the, the government acting against the wishes of the people. In, that, in these Virginia counties, this, where this happened, George Mason, Thomas Jefferson getting taken off of schools, the county wasn't for it, but the commissioners did it anyways because a couple of people were malcontents and they didn't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Get over it. Tell them to get over it. Where does that name actually hurt you? It doesn't. It doesn't physically hurt you in any way. Get over it. There need to be people with guts to say these things, but regardless, I love this email, and then there's another one I got. Um, It says that uh, there was a runoff election for mayor of my city. I was honestly hyped more for the outcome of this local election than I was for any federal election. I credit this podcast for sending me on the right path and thinking locally and acting locally keep up the great work. I appreciate that. I mean, look, get involved in your local community. Do it. Because this is, I mean, you're going to find great joy when you win these elections and you get these things done and things turn your way and you've turned around your city and you've turned around your county, and now you're a buffer? You're a buffer from whatever happens in Washington, D.C., from whatever happens. I mean, you're going to have to pay your income tax, right? I mean, because this is acting on individuals. But a lot of stuff you can avoid if you create these buffers. And this is the important thing we need to get. Just keep hammering home. Create the buffers. And if you create enough buffers around the United States... Washington loses its power. And if you get enough people thinking that the emperor has no clothes in Washington, D.C., and I think that's one of the great things about the Trump administration, is that Trump, the Trump administration proved one thing, and I'm going to get into this in January. I said I was going to do a podcast on Biden and Trump, and evaluating Trump and looking ahead to Biden. I might do that the first week of January. The one thing the Trump administration has proved is that you cannot clean the swamp out from the inside. It's too deep. It's too murky. It's too nasty. There's too many logs and trees and alligators. and everything. You cannot clean it out from the inside. You have to create the buffers from the outside and then work in. This is what the folks at the Tenth Amendment Center have been doing for a long time, now uh, over a decade as well, saying, look, let's use the states as these buffers. But I'm saying go even further. Use the counties and the cities as your buffers. Use these things because this is where you live. Right? I mean, this is not, you don't. I don't live in California, I, and in many ways, I could care less what happens in California. Same thing with New York, or, I mean, take your big, your big leftist state. I don't care what happens there. I don't care, really, if, if New York City goes completely communist, I could care. I, I could care less about that. They can do what they want. It's great that you have people that love freedom, and I feel bad for the people in New York that are going to be stuck with this. But get out. Get out of the city. Get out of that place. Leave it and go somewhere else. But I'll tell you, don't bring that political culture with you, and don't try to make it New York wherever you go. You, you fit in. When in Rome, do as the Romans. So if you go to, if you're coming from New York and you're going to South Carolina, you better be a South Carolinian when you get there. When in Rome, do as the Romans. And now you're going to South Carolina. Be a South Carolinian. Be a Floridian. Not some kind of South Floridian that's not really even Florida anymore. Be a panhandle Floridian, right? Be these people that want to have good, free communities. They want to have a situation where they want people to prosper and be successful. And they just want people to go along and get along in a lot of ways. I mean, I think that's what people miss about this stuff. But think locally, act locally. This entire 2020 has really been about that. The pandemic, the shutdowns, all of that. It's all been about local governments. It's put a laser beam focus on what local government actually does and how important it actually is in your life. My state never shut down the way that uh, some other states did. And life has been fairly normal in some ways. I mean, there are some things that aren't, but... We shut down for a short amount of time and everything opened back up again. And it's, but I know other places people are really suffering from the shutdown, the economic downturn, the people losing their jobs, potentially losing their houses because of this, or they can't pay their rent. These are real things. What caused it? Government. If people just, fuck, it's not the pandemic that caused that. No, no. It's not the virus. It's the government response to the virus that caused all the pain and suffering. So this is the theme. This is where Thinking Locally and Acting Locally matters moving forward, and I want you to keep thinking about that. And I really appreciate these emails and keep sending them. This will be my last show until the week of January 4th. I'll be back that week um, because I'm just going to take some time off for the holidays. So I, before I end, I do want to wish everyone you know, a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, enjoy your family, enjoy time if you have time off, enjoy that time off. Try to get recharged. 2021 is going to be an interesting year. I can guarantee it. There's a lot still. I mean, things are going to be interesting in 2021. We'll see what happens. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, as always, from the historical standpoint, thinking locally and acting locally, where can we go from here? Who knows? But lots more people are doing this. I'm excited about that. I think that's a great thing, and I want to see more of that moving forward. I hope more people do so. This is Brian Mclanhan signing off for 2020. Again, have a very good Christmas. Happy New Year. I'll see you in 2021. See you then.